Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 18th of June, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to Shoot the J. It has been about two months since my last episode. There's literally been nothing to talk about. Um, I have actually kind of been considering coming back recently, but, you know, now I guess maybe there's some incentive to, as the Detroit Pistons have officially hired a new general manager in Troy Weaver, poaching him from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Somebody pointed out to me, Nick, how have you not dropped an emergency podcast episode about this? I don't know why that didn't occur to me. It probably should have, so thank you. I don't have your name in front of me. I just read the tweet like two minutes ago. Thank you for, for reminding me that I should probably do this. Um... I'm not going to sit here, and I know a lot of people know a lot more about Troy than I do. Um, I know a little bit, enough to know that this is a really quality hire, but not enough to know um, really to be able to go into it too much. I know that I'm excited, though, and from what I know is that he was uh, instrumental in drafting guys like Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka and James Harden, and he has had some misses in recent years. Um, but I, I feel like the hits kind of outweigh the misses a little bit. I know that like they had the Thunder had Russell Westbrook. Was it were they the super? Were they, was it Seattle at the time? I don't think it was. I don't know how long Russell Westbrook's been in the league. We'll just say for all intents and purposes that it was the Thunder because that's who it ultimately ended up being. Um, I know that at the time I believe the Thunder had Russ higher on their board than any of the other twenty nine teams. I think they had him at like third or fourth or maybe fifth excuse me and a lot of guys were like why and Troy Weaver was like watch this and then boom Russell Westbrook became who he was one of the best players in basketball and uh, a league MVP so I think that's really interesting what I think what I'm curious to see is and I'm literally thinking about this as I'm saying it is there going to be a change in philosophy a change in approach when we actually get to the draft, because if Ed Stefanski's plan that he laid out, what, maybe a month ago, was the best available player, that's who we're going to pick, no matter where we are. If we fall, if we move up in the draft, which the Pistons have never done in franchise history, or if we stay at five, the plan is, if the like whoever the best player is on the board, boom, that's, a, that's the next Detroit Piston. Good for them. I'm curious to see if Troy Weaver brings a sort of different approach to this. And it's like, uh, hey, this is actually who we want, even if they're not quote-unquote the best available. If Jay Billis doesn't have them on like his top available players, he's not number one, that's okay. Let's draft this guy anyways because I'm telling you he's going to be better. For example, Killian Hayes is a guy who it kind of depends on who you ask and who's done enough research to know. Uh, where Killian Hayes exactly is going to go in this draft. Some people think that you're insane for thinking he's going to go outside of the top five. I don't think it's insane to think that. Some people don't think he's going top ten. There are still people who don't think he's going top ten. It's kind of been like a reverse Nico Mannion thing for him a little bit. Like, just on the just in the sense that, like, Nico Mannion started off with, like, early lottery to, like, mid to late lottery. And now, like, some people think he might, like, he'll just go in the second round. Where Killian Hayes was like a somewhere between like ten and fifteen, and now he's working his way all, all all the way up to like the top three. So it's like not on the same scale, but you get what I'm saying. It's just like a reverse effect where the more research people did about these players, the less or more interested people actually were in them as a basketball product. I worded that really wonky, but you get the sentiment. I'm curious to see if again, just using Killian as an example, 
if that's the route that they want to take, even if they don't feel that he is, quote-unquote, the best player available. Like if Lamelo and Killian were on the board, I don't know. I think maybe that's a little bit unfair of an example because I, I think Lamelo would just be a name that they just wouldn't feel comfortable passing on. Um, like the risk involved in that would just be cataclysmic if you miss on it. So I, they would definitely probably take Lamelo in that situation. But uh, I know that with Troy Weaver, he's also this developmental guy. Um, and I think when you have Dwayne Casey on board as well, that's really going to help. And I know that whenever you have a new general manager, it's not too inconceivable to think that a new coach is on the horizon. That's like kind of how this goes. I would be shocked if they don't let Dwayne Casey at the very least play out his contract. At this point, he knows and the team knows what they've gotten themselves into. So there's going to be some leniency with how many games the Pistons do or do not win. And I've talked about this before. It, they're already kind of screwed next year where they might like accidentally their way into the playoffs because if Blake's healthy and Derek Rose is healthy and Luke Kennard's healthy and if, you know, whoever they get in free agency, whoever they get in the draft, like they might be a little bit too good to tank. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but they're going to be too good to be as bad as they were this year. And that's just true. If Christian Wood's playing, what, 75 to 80 games, like they're going to accidentally win like 35 games. And I know that, what, the Pels got the first overall pick and they won, I think, 35. Was it 33 or 35? Something like that. And they got the number one pick. So, like, it's, you know, it with the new structure in the lottery, whatever. Um, but with Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey at the helm, I think it, there's a chance that it could accelerate the growth of Seku. They just have to actually give him the opportunities. And when those opportunities are handed to him, he actually has to capitalize. Um, same thing with Bruce, where it's like, even though we as fans think he should be playing point guard, Dwayne Casey doesn't think so. Bruce just has to become even more efficient than he was this year, which relative to his rookie season, he was better. Um, he needs to hit threes from places that aren't just the corner and improve from the corner. And he needs to protect the ball a lot more. Well, this is, I guess, maybe even more for Seku, protecting the ball on your way up to the basket. Because um, Seku would just... I, I don't know if there was a player who was blocked more times at the rim than Seku was. It was insane. If he goes up to the rim 10 times, I'm sure he was met and subsequently blocked seven or eight times. It was absolutely insane. Even a guy like Luke Kennard, who you want to become a better leader, and I, I know I made a video about this yesterday a little bit, kind of talking about it. If he wants to become a better leader, great, here for that, as should everybody. Everybody should be, as should everybody. It makes the same. It's, it's, yeah, it's the same. I think if you want to, you know, turn him into like a top three scorer and on the Pistons, which I think is pretty believable at this point, given that the the talent on the roster probably go Blake slash Derek interchangeable one and two, but probably Blake, then Derek, then Luke. Why not? You know, but you have to give him those opportunities. And we thought he was going to take a leap this season that he wasn't able to because he was healthy for like a month and then he was kind of banged up and then he was just flat out done playing basketball he was set to resume like literally three days before the season was canceled luke was like supposed to come back or it was like the season was canceled he was supposed to come back like three days after that um and you know it was cool i hate that i'm about to be that guy is he told me that and then i heard people reporting it like a few weeks later and i was like ha i knew something before the beats did i don't know i thought that was kind of cool but i was like i was i was honest and i was like are you actually coming back because like i feel like we've heard this a few times i don't know he's great i love him 
But if he wants to do that, he has to get better defensively. I mean, just period. Um, offensively, his confidence, I think, is getting a lot better. I mean, you have 30 points on opening night against the Pacers, and he was great. But we just need to see that continuation of, of confidence and ever-improving defensive abilities. I think I'm also curious, even just maybe just switching gears, I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see if there's a change in approach to... Because we don't really know. We know that this was a possibility. Like, Ed Stefanski has kind of alluded to this before. I think maybe even Tom Gores had has that because the Pistons have so much open cap this summer, well, it'll end up being this fall, but in free agency this year, um, they'll be able to make a trade if they like where they absorb bad contracts in order to acquire whether it's young talent or draft picks remains to be seen. You'd almost prefer that it's draft picks, even though the draft kind of sucks this year. We only have the first round pick and having a second wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Even if it's like a late second, that's fine. Um, I'm just curious to see if there's any sort of a change in philosophy with like, hey, is Ed Stefanski going to be like, this is what our plan is, make, like, abide by this, abide by this set of rules, or if it's like this open-minded thing where it's like, hey, Troy Weaver, like, what do you think we could be doing differently? I'm sure it's going to be a little bit of both, like, Ed Stefanski's going to be like, hey, this is kind of our roadmap, this is kind of where we're heading, this is what we're hoping to do, how do you think, you know, your expertise, using your expertise, how can we get from point A to point B, or if it's going to be like a, hey, you want to figure this out by yourself, even though he's not going to because that's Stefanski is still the senior advisor. Um, I'm just curious to know what the dynamic is going to look like, and are they really going to think about, you know, those moves without hiring an assistant GM? Curious to see how far off that is. If it's not Tayshaun, I'm going to be a little bit sad, um, but I would I would completely get it. Um, yeah, I mean, not not too much coherence here. Like, I've, again, I didn't do any research for this. I just, someone was like, hey, do a podcast about this. I was like, yeah, sure, I haven't done that in a little bit. So I hope that this was maybe a little bit helpful. Um, I hope you guys are as excited as I am. Because I, it, admittedly, it's a little bit hard to be excited until something concrete happens. Like, what's your first move going to be? As the new general manager of the Detroit Pistons, a position that we haven't had in like two and a half years, um... What is your first move going to be? And I think that that first domino is going to be really interesting to see what way uh, that it falls. If you made it this far, very short episode today. I think that's pretty standard. Usually these episodes are only like 10 or 15 minutes long. Thank you very, very much for listening, folks. Maybe I'll keep doing these. I know I was talking to James Edwards, and we might have another episode out soon. I don't know. We'll figure that out. If you made it this far, folks, thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart. I will catch you guys in the next one.